Good evening. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church, and this is the second of our midweek uh, Lenten services as we continue through our series, The Salutary Gift. Uh, and as you'll see on the inside of your bulletin there, uh, there is a smaller than usual, but still included, uh, focused on Christ section where we'll be discussing, or have a summary rather, of the readings for this evening's service. During his earthly ministry, Jesus healed many with sick and diseased bodies. Christ's healing touch restored limbs, raised the dead, and removed fevers. As the hymn says, his, his hallowed touch brought sanctity, his hand removed impurity. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus paints a vivid picture both of our predicament under the curse of sin and of our salvation. Like the man who had fallen among thieves and was lying half dead, we were dead in the trespasses and sins. We were incapable of helping ourselves. But this kind and compassionate Samaritan, Jesus Christ, comes to us and binds up our wounds and takes our burden upon himself. He takes us to the inn of his church, places us into the care of his called servants, and has promised to return. And he has not left us without spiritual medicine. In the salutary gift of the Lord's Supper, Christ's healing hand continues to reach out to those afflicted with the terminal disease of sin. His body and blood are a true healing balm for the troubled conscience since it was given and shed for the forgiveness of sins. Our service is the order of Vespers as it begins on page 229. We now sing the first hymn. The Old Testament reading for this evening is from the prophet Isaiah, the 52nd and 53rd chapters. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many as, were, as many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance, and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him, for that which has not been told them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant. And like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from the Revelation of St. John, the 22nd chapter. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Please. 
please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel from St. Luke, the 10th chapter. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text for this evening is from the Gospel, which you just heard. And as we had it there in the parable, bruised, beaten, and helpless, the man who had fallen among the thieves, he lay on the roadside. He was half dead, needing rescue and needing healing. If help had not come soon, he would have surely perished. And a priest and a Levite, they walk by on the other side of the road, Jesus tells us. They ignore the plight of the helpless, dying man. But then comes this Samaritan, a foreigner of mixed race and religion, and therefore one despised by the Jews. When he sees the poor, wounded man, Luke says that he had compassion. That Greek word splonknizomai means that he was moved in his guts. He had a literal gut-churning reaction to seeing the man there and his suffering. The Samaritan, he wastes no time in helping the injured man, immediately binding up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. He places him on his own animal and takes him to an inn, but the good Samaritan does not stop there. He places the man into the care of the innkeeper, gives him some money for expenses and promises to repay the innkeeper upon his return. Now, this is what you call going above and beyond the call of duty. And if all of this was just a lesson in morality, right? How to be a good person, to remind Christians what they should do for others, well then, that would not leave us much in the way of comfort, would it? Dear saints in Christ, with this parable, Jesus paints a beautiful portrait of your salvation. He shows you just how desperate your condition was on account of sin, and he shows the gift of healing that he had come to bring to you. This man in the parable provides a picture of all the fallen sons and daughters of Adam. Wounded by sin, beaten by the devil's attacks, robbed of our righteousness and our good standing with God, we too were dead in the trespasses and sins. 
as St. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2. Like this man, we were helpless and we were destitute. Left to ourselves, we would have most certainly perished for eternity. Eternal death and damnation, these are a just reward for our sins. And so it begs the question, who could help us? The law? Could Moses raise us up from spiritual death to life? Well, the parable would seem to just suggest that this is not so. It's not how it works. The priest and the Levite represent Moses and the law of Sinai, which do not heal, but rather only kill. The law is good. Make no mistake about it. The commandments of God are pure, but they cannot help or heal the wounded and beaten sinner. So along comes this foreigner then called Christ. He's not from these parts, you might say. He has come from heaven, and he was despised by the world. As the prophet Isaiah foretold, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But this man comes anyway. The Son of God saw your wretched state, and he had compassion, that gut-churning reaction to your suffering where he could not do otherwise but help. He came and did what the law and what Moses could not do. He bound up the wounds of sinners, and he carried your sins and griefs and your sorrows to the cross. And by his stripes, by his wounds, by his death at the hands of sinful men, you are healed. The healing medicine of Christ's forgiveness was applied to you first in your baptism. And in that way, you can say that that place right there, whether it's where it's located there or where it used to be, that is your birthplace. That is where you were born. As you were buried and raised with Christ in the waters of baptism, your Savior began his good work of healing and restoration in you. For like the man fallen among thieves, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So St. Paul writes. But the cancer of your sin, it continues to rear its ugly head. You need ongoing treatments. And this is why your loving Savior has brought you into the inn of his church. He's placed you into the care of his called shepherds. In this way, he continues to do for you what he began in your baptism. He continues to apply the healing medicine of his forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation to your souls. And he does this in a unique and special way at his table, at the Lord's Supper. In that salutary gift, and again that word salutary meaning healthful, life-giving, and that life-giving gift, the same Christ who healed every disease among men, the same Christ who bound up the brokenhearted, as was prophesied also by Isaiah, the same Christ whose stripes by which we are healed, he comes and does for us what he did for so many wounded souls in the Gospels as we read through them. We come to the Lord's table wounded by our sins, helpless, and in need of mercy and of healing, which only he can give. And Jesus sees our miserable condition, and he has compassion on us. He comes to us weak and weary sinners, and he gives to us the healing medicine of his crucified and risen body and blood, given and shed for you. Like the Samaritan in the parable, Christ binds up our wounds, and he pours on us the oil and wine of his good spirit to comfort wounded consciences. As the hymn will come later and as we will sing it connects Jesus healing power to the gift of his body and blood Jesus comes today with healing knocking out my door appealing 
offering pardon, grace, and peace. For this reason, the hymn appropriately calls the Lord's Supper balm to heal the wounded soul, or the troubled soul, rather. What's more is that this this healing medicine of Christ's body and blood is truly a medicine of immortality, as Luther calls it. Whoever receives this medicine, trusting in its power and its benefits, truly has eternal life to come. Whatever sicknesses and ailments you now endure, know that these, they'll no longer annoy you in the life to come. In fact, in the book of Revelation, these are called the former things, for they will have passed away. For you know that the healing that Christ has begun here will be brought to completion at the day of the resurrection. Now, our Lutheran forefathers, they understood well the healing power of the sacrament as well as our lifelong need for this sacred gift. So did the ancient fathers of the church, as we see and hear in the words of St. Ambrose, who wrote the following. He said, because I always sin, I always need to take the medicine. These venerable fathers in the faith understood that because the sinful flesh is with us from cradle to grave, there is never a time when we don't need this blessed gift, this healing gift of Christ's body and blood. So then, what about you? Do you have need of consolation? Do you have a wounded conscience? Have you lived as if God did not matter and you mattered most? Are you plagued by sin and the temptations of the devil? Well, then this medicine of our Lord's body and blood, it is for you. It is for your healing, for your sanctification, for your comfort. We give thanks to God during this Lenten season that through this salutary gift, Christ's healing hand, it reaches out to us and heals us. Take and eat, he says. Drink of it, all of you. These are the words of your great physician, your good Samaritan, Jesus Christ, our Lord. In his holy name. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful Father, your Son's hands that touched and healed many weak and diseased bodies were nailed to the cross to secure for us eternal healing in both body and soul. Grant that we who are sin-sick would seek the medicine of immortality, the antidote of death from the hands of our good physician in this blessed sacrament of his body and his blood. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Heavenly Father, God of all concord, it is your gracious will that your children on earth live together in harmony and peace. Defeat the plans of all who would stir up violence and strife. Destroy the weapons of those who delight in war and bloodshed. And according to your will, end all conflicts in the world. Teach us to examine our hearts that we may recognize our own inclination toward envy, malice, hatred, and enmity. Help us by your word and spirit to search our hearts and to root out the evil that would, that would lead to strife and discord, so that in our lives we may be at peace with all people. Fill us with zeal for the work of your church and the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which alone can bring that peace which is beyond all understanding. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Lord Jesus Christ, you are our good Samaritan who has borne our burden and brought us into the end of your church through holy baptism. Continue to care for those who have been attacked by sin, robbed by the devil, and bruised by the law. Bind up our wounds with your holy body and blood, which forgives our sins, protect us from the devil, and heals us from our troubled consciences. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, <clears throat> give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. a good, good evening and welcome. Uh, the Lord's blessings to you as we continue through this Lenten season of repentance and preparation, meditating on this blessed gift of our Lord's body and blood. Uh, the, the full announcements for the week are usually included there in our uh, weekend bulletin, so we'll look to those at that time. Until that time, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to communion this Sunday. Uh, the Lord's blessings to you. I'll greet you at the door.